I also greatly enjoy you guys bringing Taylor Swift into this. We, we, we couldn't not. Dude, it's wild to me, like, how many... You know, you think Taylor Swift, you think, oh, it's all just teenage girls. Eh. No, it's grown men. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's people who appreciate good music. A10 basketball fans. A10 is a huge, like, Taylor Swift fan. A10 Twitter is the best. I love it. A10 Twitter is just the craziest thing. <laughs> These are the tales of college basketball past as you've never heard them before. Our guests tell stories blending team seasons, on and off court moments, memories of personal fandom catastrophe and elation, and yes, alcohol. I'm Jeremy. I'm Matt. And I'm Pat. We do the work, you tell the story. These are the college basketball stories. This is uh, Ghost MC History, Ghost Mick History, whichever you want to call me, I can go by either. And I am here to tell you the story of the 2016 to 2017 Dayton Flyers basketball team. So coming into this year, this was Archie's sixth year as head coach. And it was, you know, we had, Dayton had just made the past three NCAA tournaments. And, you know, had going in, we all knew of this, we made it this year, this would be the first time in program history. They would make four of the NCAA tournaments, and this was, you know, all of Archie's guys, all guys that he recruited, so his first real, real class, and we all knew going into the beginning of the season, it was his, there was potential for them to be the winningest class in the history of the program. You know, so as I mentioned, we had uh, just gotten three, you know, NCAA bids in the previous year was... We you know we lost some players, you know, as you always do. We lost uh, Deshaun Pierre to Deshaun Pierre, however you pronounce his name. Everyone pronounces it differently. You know, to being a senior, and we lost the first round that year to good old Jimbo Himes, Syracuse. And that was not a pretty loss by any means. I mean, it was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in terms of new players coming in, we really just got Trey Landers, who, big fan of Trey, but to be honest, his freshman year was kind of, had he not been on the team, we or had we registered him, which we probably should have, it wouldn't have been any significance, if we're being honest. And then... um, His brother's Robert Landers. His brother's Robert Landers, who played for Ohio, Ohio State. Ohio State lineman? Now. Yes, what? exactly. What? <laughs> And then um, they, 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 he's dating, born and raised, you know, which we talk about that a lot too. Um, and then I'm trying to think what else I want to be sure to mention. Obviously, Bobby does. This was probably, oh, Bobby Worley, yes. The, uh, our good old uh, walk on turn scholarship uh, savior that uh, two years prior um, wow. had graduated. So he, you know, he left knowing that he had an important significance on the program as a walk-on as well with a permanently messed up finger from that St. Louis game the season before that we will never discuss again. And then, uh, you know, we also all went in knowing that this could be, you know, for the second or third straight year, the season that Archie would leave us, which 
did come to be. Um, and that you know, obviously we can't not mention the worst thing about coming into this year was having had lost uh, Big Steve the May before. I think, you know, so people talk about, you know, the stages of grief and denial. Denial was hard for me on that one. I was like, I didn't remember looking for hours. And, uh, I remember it though, because my, my dad had a really good relationship with Big Steve, where to the point where that previous season where Dayton won the A-10 tournament, Steve, when the players were leaving, basically stepped over the rope to go give my dad a giant hug, so... Yeah, that that was uh, it was pretty rough, and I was having to call my dad, call me to talk to me about, it. and it was. I know he was always like the nicest kid, and like he was just always smiling. Like I know that everyone in Dayton, Flyer Nation, like, they took it rough, and yeah. I mean, the honest, there's a small part of me, obviously, Archie, but part of me, the wonders if one of these that pushed Archie out per se was needing to move on from that, which obviously more money, better program, even to the degree it can be. I understand needing to be like, I can't do this anymore. So yeah, I never thought about it from that perspective, but I could I could see that playing a bit of a role. I was either that day or the day before he would go get his new driver's license and he decided then to be an organ donor. That's right. I forgot about that. Right? Yeah. I just like if, you know, like, obviously he didn't know, but it kind of helps with, you can't help but feel he knew in some degree something was, like, going ahead and do. I remember then, we were jumping ahead in time, but, like, two years later when they did the, at the one game where they're talking about all the people that he donated to, I mean, that whole arena, you would think it was a funeral. Everybody was, like, sobbing. Like, yeah, my face was... Yeah, so you know, yeah, I I can imagine yeah. it's uh, who's cutting onions all over the arena, <laughs> right? I, <laughs> and it, I mean, everyone like it was just so rough. And then yeah, I was very you know happy when they showed the new unis that year with the five patch on them, which mm-hmm. I always thought they should have continued the five patch through what should have been his senior year, but. Just because it would have been like one more year than they did. Like if you would have done just the one year, fine. But you did it for two years, but not the third year. Yeah, that that was a little odd. Is number five retired? It's not. It. I mean, unofficially. The thing is, I mean, like Chris Daniels wore was it thirty three, and they ever retired thirty three. And that was a. Actually, a disturbingly serving serving circumstance. Like they were the same player, you know. Centers, how are we so happy? Friends with everyone. Same heart condition. It's like, can can, can we please uh, retire the numbers? Like, I mean, yeah. at this point. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I always kind of thought they were going to retire five. I just thought it was going to be. You know, something that you they just were going to do. But, and like, I mean, I get why they wouldn't retire Obi's number. Like, he didn't graduate. I get that. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, like, and I get having that program is having that situation. If you don't graduate, we won't retire your number. I'm cool with that. Like, it's logical, but if a player passes away, it's the love like that. You just 
it seems like an easy yeah. just kind of win as far as like getting fan support and, and all that. Like no one's exactly. gonna, like no one's gonna argue that. Right. And no one's also gonna like no player is gonna come in and be like, Oh hey, like I can't be this number because someone who previously played here passed away and you retired him. Right. I, I don't care if it's a five I don't care if he's a five star recruit. Someone's got that kind of a personality. I'm gonna sound yeah, like the only person that's gonna do that is like a, <laughs> like a Mate Svoboda, like that just doesn't like know where he is basically. Just... Forgot about that. Exactly. <laughs> I think it also kind of give everyone more hope for this coming that coming season that these players were all gonna, you know, wanna play for Steve and you know. Uh, come together and just we were gonna have another sweet, sweet uh, tournament run in the, his honor. But I, then I also remember the other player that was really excited for us to have that season was uh, Josh Cunningham, mm-hmm. who we basically lost two games into the season. We will discuss that here in a little bit. And obviously, you know, we had our returning core players. Um, uh, Scucci Smith, obviously, uh, Kyle Davis, Kendall Pollard, uh, Charles Cook. Um, and, you know, obviously, we had Chip Mike Sells, Zarius Williams, Sam Miller, good old John Crosby. Um, ooh, who, am I, who am I forgetting? Obviously, I mentioned Trey Landers, but he was kind of a non-factor. Daryl Davis? Daryl Davis, thank you, baby D. Yeah, good old uh, Daryl Davis, that's right. Yeah. Yep, just walk-ons remain. And then, just, just, yeah, Joey and, also, and Bonsu. I was going to say, then we were going to talk about feel-good stories for that season. There was that Bonsu Players' Tribune article he wrote about how <laughs> you know, in high school he was a walk-on. He didn't get any minutes until basically everybody saw how hard he worked. So he, uh, you know, basically, like, would they be winning? And his team would be chanting, we want Bonsu. So, you know, he got one... I think it was one point in all of high school on a free throw. And then basically any time there was a blowout UD arena, the Red Scar would be chaining we want bond to that whole season. So <laughs> yeah. that was your feel good story for the year. You know, you have to do that season, you want to cry because of Big Steve. Then you have your happy crying because you know Bonsu got minutes. So <laughs> Do you have any Sam Miller thoughts? So Sam Miller thoughts. Um Freshman year, I was a avid. I hope this guy transfers. I do not like him. Is <laughs> I mean, you know, not nothing. I think personal against. The, I mean, he just, his nothing, per- year, nothing I mean, personal except for the way he looked. <laughs> he looked like <laughs> such a douchebag. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Then his <laughs> so, so his sophomore year, and you can probably right now tell me pull up statistics and tell me I'm wrong here. It just probably would have happened. But it felt like he was the exact opposite of Charles Cook. No, not important to five important games. Sam Miller did not show up. He would do nothing for you. Your important game, Sam Miller would, and I don't like to say he was your top player, but he did everything you needed him to. He got some points. He got he some played, rebounds. He played his role. Charles Cook, if it was an unimportant game, he did every, Charles Cook, like that was when he excelled, but it was a bad game or a really important game. Cook just disappeared. And it was just a funny thing that, like, 
analytically, Cook was the best player for Dayton, and Sam Eller was the year's worst. But for your big games, for some reason, that's when Sam showed up. Again, someone could listen to this and pull up all these stats telling me I'm wrong, but that's fine. I, I just... No, guys, we will not be <laughs> correct. Honestly, the one Sam Miller player I remember was the Rhode Island at home game. Yep. He made a three from the top of the key. And then he got all the other players like, yo, Sam's showing us up. We went out on a run. So, and then, yeah. And then, obviously, Crosby, you know, he was a functioning backup point guard. That's I'll be polite. <laughs> I had high hopes um, for him uh, freshman I, year. I did I too. I, I, I mean, I also think he was used incorrectly. I think he went a better two guard, like off guard. Because you could get to the basket like no one else. Yeah. And he could draw fouls and he could shoot free throws, but. He could also turn the ball over like nobody else. Yeah, and he just never oh really God. progressed. He just he he was the same player throughout. So I know we're kind of skipping your head. That's why the reasons I was saying about AG. I was like, okay, AG's play worked with Westbrook. I'm not comparing their talents by any means. Don't get me wrong. Westbrook, the cross, but like they're both athletic point guards who turn the ball over a ton. AG can get Crosby to work if anyone can. I wonder what Westbrook would have been like without AG. He probably would have sucked. <laughs> I mean, I wonder, if, I wonder if anyone else has has described John Crosby as Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you get my point. Like, if I say this to the wrong person, then I think I'm actually comparing them. I know you guys know what I'm saying, <laughs> but like, I was like, all right. So if, if anyone gets to work, it'll be this, and then you know, nothing. Um, you know, then Mike Sell started off the season for us really strong that year, and then. He kind of started regressing, and we didn't know why. You know, until the end of the year when we found out, oh, he has to have double hip replacement at like 20. You know, Zarius progressed great for us. We thought he was going to be our next guy. The X Factor. The X, the X Factor, yes. But then, then, but then no. to, be fair, to be fair, Fortnite came out. So uh, This is true. <laughs> Fortnite did come out. So was I had someone that year up in my mentions like it's not Fortnite it's player under battleground I'm like that's not really defending him <laughs> oh so in like, that case <laughs> so yeah and then yeah. and then obviously you know Daryl Davis was who Daryl Davis was for those years where he was either oh my gosh this dude's a Possible NBA prospector. Oh, this dude's a Division Two star. <laughs> Nowhere in between with him. So I think that's for the overall, yes, the overall roster. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I just like bringing those with, I guess, the funniest thing is I know exhibition games don't count to anything. But our exhibition game that year was, was I think Cedarville, do not quote me on this, anyone. But I remember that one was because oh, we, you're, you're right. quoted on it now. You're, 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 you're on record. <laughs> we only wound up winning that one by like six or seven points. And I was like, um, why are we only winning the exhibition game by like six or seven points? And at the end of the exhibition game, I remember Kyle Davis got what we thought was her. And it was just cramps and so no big deal. And our star, star point guard the next four years was the king of uh, like cramps, unfortunately. A good old crutcher. And then, you know, my 
Furious were laid to what laid to rest, excuse me, the very first game actual season game when we blew out Austin P by, you know, almost thirty points. As opposed to losing to them. And then the next game was at Alabama. Great Thursday afternoon weekday game. And I remember I don't work that Tuesday night. Um, and so I was at my dad's watching the game before I was going to work at Target. And uh, I remember, you know, it was a close game. The whole game was Scoochie got through. I think he got a rebound and he threw it down to Cunningham. He went up for that dunk. And I had, I mean, it was one of the best dunks I've seen in my entire life until you see him falling backwards and landing on his leg and Oh, I I, only, I wish I had a blood pressure monitor on for that to see how I went from being all like, oh, God, no. And it was one of those, you saw the replay, like, every time I would watch that replay that day, it probably was like, oh, he'll be fine. He'll be back the very next game to, oh, he's never going to play basketball again. To, then they came out, oh, he won't be, probably won't be back this season to, you know, and miraculously being back halfway through conference play. So that swing in emotion was so big because it was also like the clinching basket. Like we were up to, and it was a live ball kind of turnover and an emphatic dunk to really just end the game. Like there were five seconds left to go up four. And he comes down and hurts I'm like, oh my God, like the season's done. Like, we're screwed. <laughs> he was our guy. Yelling. This is over. And his yelling when he fell, like, it was... You know, sometimes you'll see a player get injured, you don't really hear them yelling. I remember Josh's yelling was... bone-chilling, because, like, it sounded like... You know, he's a big guy, too, so hearing him yell in pain, you're like, oh, God, what happened? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty sickening to to see, and then... You know, yeah, you're like, come on, like, can you get back in a couple of weeks? Like, maybe it's just an ankle, and then it's just like, no, it's it's bad. It it really dampens that win. Hard Stall wasn't back yet. Um, you know, he, that previous season, he had season got derailed with that bone, deep bone bruise in his knee. The classic Dayton deep bone bruise. And then he still wasn't back. You know, there. Were, I, and there were all the conspiracy theories as to why he was back. Was was his career over? Was it great? Was did he just not ready? My personal conspiracy theory, which I don't actually believe, I want to state that for a fact, that it was him and Archie knew about all the stupid fan speculations they were holding him out to drive the fans crazy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but I, like, I was like, that would be the funny. I mean, I always appreciate pettiness. I was like, I would appreciate like them losing a big game to be petty but so there was that so we were still out down pollard we lost our other big guy for previous reasons so you know but we basically were looking at this i'm like until pollard's bag sam miller's gonna be our starting five and you know yeah. that was not exactly exactly what we were looking for going forward into the st mary's game at home who was ranked at the time at the very least, we knew if the other team got pissed off, they were going to punch him and not Scoochie or Charles <laughs> or anyone else. <laughs> this is very true. I mean, also, 
I really don't have a counterpoint in mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> but there was really nobody on that team though who really seemed to be able to really, really good on their people. Because I know Kyle could sometimes, but no, like that guy who you know just get under your skin, like you know your Cybers, your Dwayne Cohills, like yeah. I think I think the biggest one, it, and it wasn't like because of his play or like actual hatred. It was just the. Uh, that exists in college basketball for certain players. It's the when they see Scoochie Smith, they're like, "That guy's still there. <laughs> <laughs> He's still playing. How like is this He's his, still ruining is, our lives? Is this his seventh year? Like, how many years of eligibility does this guy have?" I also love like when people talk about like, I can't believe this player is still in college and like. People get defensive of those players. Now that's a compliment, generally. Nine times out of ten, oh, he's still playing basketball means he has been wrecking my team for years. I thought he was gone. Yeah, you've heard his name forever. Jerry McNamara in Syracuse, he was one of those guys. I was like, oh my god, like that guy is still there. And then with that San Marius game, we were down by thirteen and a half times. So you know, we all, you know, it's one of those like, we don't feel we're going to be going good with the game, etc. We're probably not going to win this. And then I think I'm trying to remember. I think Sorry. the beginning of the second half, we were still playing like crap. I think the majority of the second half, and it was like the last like six minutes, everyone just started clicking. Like St. Mary's couldn't buy a bucket. And I swear I could have stepped on that court for day now. I've been hitting threes. They were just like red hot. <laughs> red hot. And there was not that much time left. And like, Zarius got the ball and he Scoochie, I think it was Scoochie was wide open and Zarius decided to drive it in and he everyone's favorite call happened, you know, the charge. Sam Mary's got the ball and that was basically game. So I will say the one good thing about that play, obviously us losing Sam Mary sucked because we needed that win, but um that really felt like the play where Zarius grew up when he was like, I'm not playing high school, but I mean, it's the second year. I'm not playing high school ball anymore. I'm playing college. I'm not the guy anymore. I, yeah. I, I, I'll bet I can make shots. And I think that saved us multiple times down the stretch of the season, but that play really felt like when Zarius grew up and knew, hey, I can't. I can't play hero ball here like I could in high school. Like, it's not. Exactly. Different. Like, if you're the best player in high school, generally speaking, yeah, you can play hero ball. Especially coming off of uh, the Cunningham injury. I think it was two losses in a row was between Alabama. Yeah, we won, but we lost our, like, our best player. So it was basically, it felt like yeah. two losses in a row. So then we had to travel to that in-season tournament, and we lost our first game to Nebraska, with our good buddy Jordy on the team. We looked this up earlier, and he played a smashing, I believe, three minutes with a smashing three points. You know, then we would beat Portland and then New Mexico. And then we came home. You know, we did our usual buy games. We played Winthrop. And then uh, St. Joe's, not the St. Joe's of the Hawk, but St. Joe's Indiana Division II team when so people want to complain about our scheduling. Remember, we played a Division II team in a senior-laden four-year NCAA tournament birth possibility season. In December. In December, yes. Not even like your second week of November where, okay, whatever. 
on the road. Really no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so I remember about this game though. A couple things. One, we we were on multiple low lights because almost every single player had a embarrassingly missed dunk, like a Dane player. Like I remember he <laughs> had a dunk that he hit the rim so hard. I mean, the ball blew up, and he's just hanging there above the rim. Like, hang on the rim. Like, what just happened? Uh, Daryl Davis was, like, the number one, like, low light in college basketball that night because he had a uh, – he was going for a dunk, and, like, his leg just fell out from underneath him, basically. And what I remember about that was when it first happened, everyone thought he was injured. Like, he thought – like, you thought like, he tore an ACL or an Achilles because the way he just – Leg just went limp and he just missed that dunk. Turns out it was just an e- just, just an ego injury. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it was just like, wait, what happened? You're just like, oh, he's fine. But the other thing I remember about that game was Kyle Davis and one of the St. Joe's players, like they neither of them could get possession. Like they kept basically knocking on the other's hand. They both dribbled the ball from basically right underneath Dayton's baskets to all the way under St. Joe's basket, you know. And it's easy for, you know, to be up 20 and have a player be like, oh, well, whatever. He can just have it. We're beating them. But Kyle just battled that whole ball. He, we want him getting possession. I, I just one of those, I don't remember why. I remember that. And then the next game was my uh, game on my birthday. The last game team to really win on my birthday, East Tennessee State. And then, and then our next game that season was the um no, i hate bringing this game up to people the northwestern game the great game in chicago it was like the chicago what was it called it the chicago like champions tournament and obviously at the beginning we were really hyped because we had three chicago players playing in it instead of two and actually i think that was actually Pollard's second game maybe he came back for it was his first or second game so we had Pollard back and Everybody was really excited. We were out of town visiting my wife's friends with it. They had uh, CC, Big Ten, uh, Big Ten Network, sorry, Big Ten Network. So we were able to watch it, and I was so hyped. And then, you know, Northwestern was not going to be that great of a team that year. We weren't expecting them to be. Not just, they were great, great. But at halftime, it was a great score. Sorry, guys, for bringing this up to you. Uh, 40 to 17, Northwestern. Mm. So, you know, obviously, like, you know, this game's over. So Jeremy and I were were in attendance, and I think we just looked at each other like, well, I guess we're just going to drink out in the concourse the rest of the game because there's nothing to see here. Yeah. Before the first half was over, I just remember, like, at, like, the 10-minute mark being like, okay, like, I don't know how much we're down at that point. But I just remember being like, all right, if we can get this to, like, 15 or something like that, or 12. And then it's like the eight-minute mark. It's like, okay, like, let's just get it to, like, 12. And then it's like the four-minute mark, you know, the under-four timeout. It's like, okay, just get it to, like, something where this can be a game. And it's like, mm-hmm. fuck, no, we're just going to be fucking killed at halftime. Because, I mean, obviously, you're down by 23 points. It's not, you know, it's over. And then, so the second half, we outscored... uh Northwestern, 47 to 27. So, obviously, quite a great number, but the problem was they outscored us by 23 the first half. (laughs) 
Yeah, for those of you who aren't great at math, if you outscore a team 23 and then you outscore 20, <laughs> and still three puts you up by three. And then this kind of pulls my point about uh, Stan Miller showing up for big games. He was our third highest scorer for that game. So you can take that as a compliment to Stan Miller and insult to the other team, the players, or you can take that however you want. But that was, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's not what you're looking for. It was just. Yeah, so that was a very rough, rough game. That was, I think, one of the hard. It felt hard, horrible for everyone because we all know that Chicago is basically the Dayton of the Central Time Zone. So it was basically going to be a home game. Then to wrap up uh, non-conference, we played Vanderbilt and VMI. I don't remember. I don't remember the Vanderbilt game at all. VMI, I just remember. Great way to wrap up the year. You know, VMR is not very good. And then the first game of conference was against the LaSalle boys. No, the, the, goal, the goal boys. Goal standard goal boys. The island boys. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's see. The St. Bonaventure game. I know we played them. I worked that in the heat. I decided wasn't there. The Rhode Island game was the so right now we're going to Rhode Island. We're two and zero in conference. Rhode Island at home. They led a good portion of that game, and then I remember that was the Sam Miller three from the top of the key that seemed to galvanize the entire team. We came back and won it, and. I don't remember if it was during the game or after the game. Like I thought it was after the game. I've seen Captain saying it was with a little bit left on the clock. Kyle Davis getting up on the media road table and like high-fiving Bucky. So that was really exciting. And that's when you're like, okay, th- this team is really legit. This is really, really a great team. And we realized how great we were. You know, five days later, we went to Amherst and played at UMass and got blown out by 12 points. And that was that was a really, really rough game was because their center who was, you know, I'm not one to fat chain people because I'm pretty chubby myself, but their fat center ate us. Like, he ate us alive. And it was a hard game for us to watch because we knew, hey, if we had Steve still, we were in a contest. So that one... And then we ran through Duquesne, Richmond, and St. Louis. And that was, was it the second or the third year of St. Louis just being utter garbage? Yeah. And then we went to our great friends in Richmond, VCU. And that was a, you know, that previous year, for those who don't remember, was the year that going into our Dayton senior night, Dayton and VCU, were tied at VCU one, they got the outright championship. If Dayton won, we would have been tied with all the weird tiebreakers who have been the one seed. So it was a three-way tie. And we beat them. So clearly, uh, you know, VCU remember this. And it was a very, very tough game. Um whole time. And you know, VCU unfortunately gave us our second loss of conference. 
And then, you know, but it's what it was. I mean. It's hard to get up for a game that you play in a high school gym. I mean, especially because, like, I miss having apple blossoms on market day. I haven't had those in a while, so. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing that those guys down in Richmond get them all the time. I'm just like, man, like, I wish I was getting them. And you all get them. And it was a nice Friday night game. I don't know if I worked that night, and that's why I listened on the radio, or if. Maybe it was the time it was on right and go to my dad's sitting cable at the time, but that's I remember listening on the radio and being really stressed out the last like minute and a half of the game. Because I mean we lost by five, so it was a down to the wire loss. And that was also a the game where Dayton Twitter became aware of a specific VCU fan who shall remain nameless. <laughs> yes. For that loss, we gained a great, great Great string of wins throughout the rest of conference. Um, conference play. I mean, Fordham, Duquesne, and St. Joe's aren't really worth talking about. Rhode Island um, was a basic exact repeat of the previous year, where it was kind of back and forth. But you know, the Ryan Center kind of had home field advantage, and we got a three corner three from Sirius Williams. That basically sealed the deal. And I'm just realizing this now. It was basically the exact same day the previous year. Hmm. I remember it because the previous year, it was the Friday before Valentine's Day. And then this year it was the Friday before Valentine's Day. So I'm sure Rhode Island will never let us play there again that weekend. <laughs> and then the only reason I bring up the St. Louis the ad game at St. Louis, that was the game where we officially became the, they officially became the winningest team in Dayton basketball history, which, you know, that was a terrible St. Louis team. So, yeah, it's a city celebrated, but like, you know. Back to the Rhode Island game that that was uh, the return of Josh Cunningham. He came in for like two minutes, I think, to like get his legs under him. Um, and then he played 23 minutes in that slew game and scored 12 points. And I think that was like kind of his best performance. Number one, the ways they were able to get it back was it was some, I want to say baseball team. I don't remember what professional sport was. They got this like industrial, basically like space aids level, zero gravity uh, treadmill for people to get back oh, in the shape after injuries. And like they reached right? out to that team and they're like, hey, we have this college kid who we really want to try and get back. There's a way we can cut ahead of you on this list. And they're like, absolutely. Like, there was not even like, I'm sure there was probably stuff that we, knew, we will never know about that actually happens. No, absolutely. It was just for publicity. But they were able to get that, which is always just like a great feel-good story. There's like a picture of Josh running, and it was clearly not a real treadmill. It was like his legs were suspended in this like the contraption it was um so then you know we played saint bonaventure which i remember nothing about that game i think i was there i don't know but then that next game was the john crosby george mason game that was the game where like obviously george mason was not that great that or maybe since Scooch may have been in foul trouble but like crosby took over in the second half and it gave everyone hope oh hey crosby is not lost he he is the our point guard for the next year or two after this and well, you know, we saw how that went. <laughs> Negative. Um, 
then we're coming up to the Davidson game, which I mentioned before we got started, I had a story about the Davidson game with a beer. So there was this like kind of like a craft beer at the time I was going to was from New Belgium was called Bay Blazer. Came in it was a session beer, so you're supposed to be able to drink multiple of them, but it came in fifteen packs. So I decided I was going to try and see if I get through a fifteen pack of it during the course of a basketball game. <laughs> so I'm at my buddy's house. I am drinking this fifteen pack. And so things are about the game was it was, you know, very back and forth the whole game. Gucci did nothing the during uh what's it called? Regular time. You know, um not regular time, but you know that's what I mean. During I regular time. Like, I'm looking for. Yeah. And it goes into overtime. And I have like two beers left, so my goal you know, my goal's not incomplete because hey, I didn't say regulation, I said before the game's over. All right. And then so I was able to get those last two done during overtime. But I just remember like Scoochie, like people talk about, you know, average and everything. Yeah, Scoochie proved that he could get those points. He can't got what was it, two or three back to back threes? I feel it was two, but for some reason like three just sounds right because by it just feels like a cool number. That sounds right. And the other thing I remember about that game was uh after his second three, they pinched the bench and Sam Miller did a little dance, you know, kind of referring to Scoochie's giant uh, balls. And this was the funniest thing. Is nobody was expecting it. He was like, wait, what? And that became like the running like joke. I remember I saw him, I saw Sam Miller coming out before the, the that next game at VCU game and someone stopped him and made him do it again. Like someone like on the bench. <laughs> So yeah, that Davidson game was well. It was a nice. It was like one of those great, which Dayton gets one of a year, nine p.m. games. Luckily, this was a Friday because I wanted to ask what that next morning felt like after fifteen. That I mean, it wasn't that bad because it was a pretty. It was a relatively light beer, so it wasn't too bad. Um, I was also what, at that point five years younger, so it wasn't too bad. If I did that now, I would probably die. <laughs> you know, it really wasn't that bad um also after coming off a victory like that like yeah imagine if that was an that was loss so, you know then <laughs> so, yeah i mean it, it it was one of those stories i'm glad i did it i don't think i could ever do it again like you know somebody was like sponsoring me like hey we're gonna pay to live stream this like 10 grand i'd be like I mean, obviously, I would think about it because that's ten grand. But you know, my point. Um, you do. I, I, I don't think. I mean, yeah, I do it. Like, I'm not ten grand. That goes nine grand. <laughs> I mean, five grand, definitely. Okay. Five five grand. Grand. Four. I mean, it's it's four. That's still going to do four, right? Four grand. Yeah, okay, let's be honest. Like, it, especially four. if they're also supplying the alcohol, like a hundred dollars below. <laughs> <laughs> deal there we go we got to it we got to the negotiation <laughs> I mean, it does also have to be like a, a good game now too like I, we're not going to do it against like george washington because you know you're not like you're not like down a 15 pack for 100 bucks for uh lasalle fordham 
Oh god, I don't know. I, I think I might turn off halfway through. You might need well, it. Well, where, where, where's the game? Because if it's at LaSalle, mm. then you might fall into the pool. Uh, and not that's, a, that's a drowning hazard. <laughs> that is. That's a hazard. It is, oh. but you can go soak in the pool after, though. <laughs> that's, that's true. It's Shea wins. wins. Yeah, where were we at? BC. Oh, and the other thing I forgot to mention, this is, I don't remember what game it was, but Kyle Davis had gotten hurt. He yes. sprained his ankle, so he missed a game or two. And then... So, be with him out. Archie decided to start Daryl Davis, which going into that, everybody was like, "Uh, what?" And you know, it uh, it, it was significant. That's when Kyle Davis won Sixth Man of the Year that year. So it wasn't just one or two games. So Daryl started like half the conference for us, and you know, something about hearing his name called. Daryl Davis uh, was a lot better of a player. So I would talk about that because the VCU game was the first game where Daryl did not start after that streak. And um, so another thing, maybe it was the Richmond game where Kyle got hurt because it was a home game. It was Richmond. But anyway, so Sounds right. Kyle obviously started over Daryl for VCU because it was senior night. And let's be honest, if you can start a senior, start the freaking senior. Like, let them hear the name to get called one last time. And that VCU game is the loudest I have heard the arena when I've been at the arena. It was so incredibly loud. Everybody was, you know, trying to make sure we won because if VCU won, it would have been a share title. I think VCU being the one seed. and But if we won, obviously, we would have went out right. So we, I'm sure VCU's Justin Tillman saw, pulled like 52 rebounds on us or some sharp crap like that. It's not embarrassing. Um, I think that game was the, the arena was electric that night. Uh, you know, we knew we were saying goodbye to those four seniors. Uh, you know, we got our revenge from the last our last conference loss. We won the title outright. Great way to close out senior night. Um, actually, if I remember correctly, Josh Cunningham was kind of like, yeah, we won by seven. Josh Cunningham gave basically hit that final three to put the game out of, you know, reach. So, thank God we got him back. I and mean, we probably still have pulled off, but we won that. And, and then we, uh, three days later, we went to George Washington. Okay, it was their senior night. George Washington didn't matter. Um, and then everybody was basically arguing, is it even really worth playing the players that much? Like, you know, like, do you kind of just want to give your starters the rest so they can, um, you know, just be ready for A-10 tournaments? Because win or lose to George Washington, the title's yours. But we lost that game. After that, Archie went back to keeping Kyle as starter. And then next was the A-10 tournament. This was the year, oh, we knew we were going to win the A-10 tournament this year. We just know it. We're that good of a team. Finally. Finally. This is our finally, year. Finally. We're going to actually win the actual A-10 tournament. Um, this was um, a Friday. It was, it was the noon game. It's the noon, the noon game is the one seed, right? It's like the noon every Friday. Jack Gibbs got his revenge. That is the famous story of 
someone on the bench. I've heard conflicting stories of who. I just heard it was a Miller. Archie or Sam called Jack Gibbs a flopping SOB. And I don't I don't remember this game that well. I just don't really remember the details of that game besides the fact that we lost. Um we lost, it sucks. I mean, honestly, I don't know why anyone's so surprised. Like, Dane's never going to win a time championship ever again. I mean, <laughs> even that season of dreams, like, everyone's like, oh, Dane has a real chance of a national title, which I agreed with. I don't think I would put that, like, lunch money on Dane winning the A-time title. Yeah, I think we had a better chance of winning a national title than the A-time title. I mean, partially because, <laughs> like, we were clearly at the lowest of two seed. Is it really worth playing the one the A ten? But besides that point, no one actually. I don't think anyone really thought we were going to win that. So that sucked. And then that was Friday. So then yeah, we have a selection Sunday, and we find out we will be playing Wichita State that Friday night. Nobody really understood why Wichita State was a ten. Like, I've got to go full conspiracy theory, but it very felt much like an NCAA, like, both these teams can knock out a Power 5 conference team. Let, let, let's weed one of these guys five. out. Exactly. Like, it's what it felt like. Even everybody was talking about the, why is Dayton matched up with Wichita State, but... Their uh, resume for that year, so they were 31-4 and four leading into the tournament. They went 17-1, and one the Missouri Valley Conference with two non-conference losses to number 10 Louisville and number 24 Michigan State. The other two losses were, uh, let's see, a 20 and 13 Oklahoma State team and uh, conference rival Illinois State, who is 28 and 7. So how the fuck does that team get a 10 seed? The other piece of that... Uh, Wichita State team is after their conference tournament, so the final AP ranking before, you know, the postseason, like after the the tournament won, they were 20th in the country. And like the two weeks prior to that, they were 25th and 21st. Like that's not a 10 seed. No, like we were fucked. Yeah. So then we, that game. I just I was watching my buddy's house again, the one where I watched the Davidson game, so I decided to try and repeat the magic with the fifteen pack of Dayblazer. Oh yeah. And well it did not work this time, unfortunately. Um I there's any real this was this was another one of those games where I never really like it just never really felt like we were going to win. Like, you know, Scoochie put up twenty five points himself. Oh my which Feels like probably around like forty three percent of the total team's points. Like when you look at some of these stats for that game, it's just no idea what the rest of the team was doing. Um, yeah, I mean, can we talk about Charles Cook? Yeah, Charles Cook shot ten percent. This was the dude all season. We had heard, oh, he's you know a probable NBA product. Not even just like G League. Like he could be like a second round draft pick, and he shoots one for ten. I, I get like tougher defense is gonna shoot less, but like it kind of goes back to my who disappeared for big games. So yes, Charles Cook dropped the ball that game. Um, it was just 
Yeah, we were up at two at half, I guess. As I'm looking at this, and it's the second half. It's not even like they blew us out. We just Dane just couldn't get it going. So and I think it was the last minute. You just it was never out of reach, but you just knew. You know, it's always the worst feeling. So you know, it was the last time these guys were gonna play together. Last time you would see them play. Um. That was the biggest thing for me. The this group of seniors that you know, it their freshman year they made the Elite Eight run and then just saw them, you know, like you said, that become the big, the most winningest class in Dayton history, and just it just felt like the end, like ending on three straight losses, just mm -hmm. disappointing. Yes, six points. It's just a couple of baskets not going your way. You know, I cook hit yeah. 30%. So at 10%, you went ish. Don't do the exact math on that, but whatever. You went point. You know, you just know that this just is the end. I mean, you know, they will always have that on their for years that they were the winningest team. Uh, you know, they went all four years. Who knows when that'll happen for a uh, class? Um, yeah, Fingers it's just, crossed. It's just disappointing. It, it, and honestly, it it uh it helped me appreciate the Elite Eight run that much more. So many things like like have to fall in line, like and like it's like it's, I understand why it's the goal of the program, but like realistically, Dayton's not going to make the tournament every single year. It's not possible. Yeah, because you know, just really big that four year run really makes you realize how important each individual player in each game is because, you know, it can just change very rapidly. And it was, I think, the next weekend or the weekend after. Uh, actually, I remember this because I was actually in the shower. My phone started buzzing like crazy. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then I, actually, it was the very next weekend. I remember that because I had literally, like, the Monday after Dayton lost, I started my new job. So I was like, all right, I got a new job, blah, blah, blah. Things are going great. And then that weekend, I thought Archie was leaving, which, again, wasn't to be wasn't unexpected. It wasn't shocking. Like, it just kind of sucked. Um, Archie was leaving. Um, you know, he was the one guy that got us to the four straight NCAA tournaments. Uh, we saw that he was leaving. Um, I mean, to Indiana, which really shouldn't have surprised anyone. But uh, it's like a Saturday, I think. I think I saw that Rothstein, I think Rothstein was the one that broke it, but uh, I saw that he was leaving, you know, uh, so that was, you know, was just wild. Um, though I do remember, though, that it, like, he did not pull a Will Wade and just skip out of town, like, he, he had a meeting with the players, like, obviously, in the, the 21st century, that stuff's going to break before you can tell your players all the time, but he didn't just, like, Skip Tom like Will Wade like Archie did want to be with the players so that was great for him. Um, and do you know Ghost? Um, when when Archie had had a meeting with Neil, telling him like, "Hey, I'm leaving for Indiana." Neil is essentially like, "Just name your price and we'll pay you to stay." Was there essentially a blank check offered? I've heard that. I've heard stories like I've also heard basically that Dayton offered him more, but I've never seen any real. 
confirmation one way or the other so and and regardless i I understand why he went to indiana i'm just i'm I'm wondering if that offer was actually presented the weirdest thing i I get from a basketball perspective why you would go to indiana over dayton but it's weird to think that morgan went from dayton to bloomington like born dayton morgan But but I get but I also get it because that's like she can be like the coach's wife in the college town, not that's fair, yeah. Not not in a city that you know also has a university. It's you know it's it's Bloomington, Indiana. She can go from being a uh, b-ball wife for life to the b-ball wife for life. <laughs> fair enough, yeah. Now, you know, after that, you know, there was the different speculation as to who is going to get the job, whether it's going to be one of Archie's assistants to try and keep that recruiting class. Um, obviously, AZ was up for it. There's one or two other people that people were talking about. Like, And then I remember, I remember one name people were talking about, we, which is, whoever was Keith Danbrock, because you know, he's doing so great, great at Duquesne. Like, people aren't happy with David and some of AG's coaching things. Like, There was some talk oh, of uh, Bruce Pearl. But yeah, I remember. I remember there was Twitter speculation. I don't think that's a great. There was also fit. Twitter speculation. We're gonna hire uh, whoever was the Indiana fired. I can't draw a blank. Tom Crean. Yeah, which obviously would be funny because you know be basically like it's like a just, <laughs> Tom Crean and cash job. considerations for Archie Miller. <laughs> exactly, that's what it sounds like. But uh, you know, obviously they hired Anthony Grant. Um. And then, you know, uh, I have to say, like, people are so excited for, like, class Archie was bringing in that next year. Well, it was, like, the best recruiting class ever. You go back and you look at who that class was, they did nothing. It was a whole, like, obviously, McKinley Wright, really good. Jordan Davis, he was fine his freshman year for Dayton and then just fell off the map. But Mate Sadoba, great, great, great recruitment there. Uh, AG, uh, Isaiah Carter, who never finished college because of sexual assault accusations, which ran rampant with Archie. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Jordan Pierce, probably my favorite Dane player ever because, my God, that guy did nothing. <laughs> was it last time I looked him up? His, he is, the school he transferred to, was a, he went up, we're averaging four and a half uh, fouls a game. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I, Coach, like, I can give you five good hard fouls. Kind of just proves you can't get too excited about a recruiting class because you never know. All right, Ghost, we'll get you out of here on this. I would like you to assign a Taylor Swift song to each member of this senior class of Scoochie, Kendall, uh, Kyle, and Charles Cook. Yes. Oh, I, was, I, was, I was hoping yeah. we get some T Swift in here. <laughs> okay, got it. So, trying to think of how I want to do this. My goodness. Oh God, this is this is funny. Um, I want to go with for Scoochie. I'm going to say all too well, just because I miss Scoochie. I mean, I love Mally, but I just miss Scoochie's game. Um. Actually, for Charles Cook, I'm going to say I knew you were in trouble because I'm only Charles Cook really ever brought anything to the team as a whole. <laughs> that, I like that. I like that. 
Like, even if, I mean, yes, he was a great player. I remember throwing out the whole, you know, rumor. I don't want to get into it. We all know what rumor I mean. He, he felt like he kind of, like, the team a step back because he made it about him. Um, let's see. So for Kendall, I'm gonna say for uh, Pollard, uh, 22. I, I can't really tell you why. Um, I actually, I, no, I actually love that. I, I think I, I can't really tell you why, but for some reason, I think it's that song. It's like the Taylor Swift like hype song. You know, it's the one that everyone gets hyped to. And Pollard's kind of like your yeah. hype guy, like like Pollard's dunks were an athletic, like uh, little OBs were, but like. A Pollard dunk would get you more hype because it was always like a body of someone. He brought that energy like a 22-year-old. I like that. <laughs> exactly. And so for Kyle, so so Kyle is probably my all-time favorite day in basketball player. Like I and because my one buddy I heard about this one time about like no one's favorite player ever is like a defensive player. Mm. Like ever. But every like everybody loves Kyle. So just because he had that energy. My favorite, so Kyle Davis he was a Taylor Swift song. God. Yeah, this is. Is it as simple as what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? Well, see, I kind of feel that with Sweet Tooth all too well. So uh, let me think. So. Oh, my God. Or is it like the most underrated T Swift song? I would say like uh, "Tis the Damn Season" just because that song is like, I it's like one, it's a very underrated Taylor Swift song. It's me really like hyped. Um, yeah, I was going to go with that argument that it's a underrated. He's kind of like an under. I'm not say underrated player, but like he that song is a pulls that that whole of um, I was saying that that whole album together. He's really what pulled that whole team together. He was the one that like. Was the cohesive engine, like you know? So I like Love it. it. Love it. There you have it. That is the story, and these are the college basketball stories. Is it one hundred percent accurate? Yeah, that sounds right. Follow us on Twitter at the CBB Stories. Also, see all of our inebriated storytelling podcasts as part of the Stories Podcast Network at the Stories Pods on Twitter as our guests rewrite the past across various sports. Alcoholic drinks are consumed voluntarily by our guests at their own discretion. Please drink responsibly. Sorry, my guys, my cat keeps jumping on me. So I'm saying Alice because she's clawing me. Um, and then let's see, Sorry, that's, that's also the pa- the pain of a loss to VCU, which I know VCU. Yeah, it's also the pain uh, to VCU. VCU yeah, is your, your second favorite A10 team, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely, I love VCU. So yeah, LaSalle is so bad this year, like, which is gonna be awful when we lose there this year. Yeah, I mean it's Philly, so we're gonna lose to someone there. <laughs> yep. that, that was honestly that was when I knew that nineteen twenty team was legit. It wasn't like almost beating Kansas. It wasn't like all those other things. It was we won two games in Philly. Those <laughs> <laughs> were terrible. So you know, and, I, and we, we 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 cut down the nets against uh, VCU, right?
Yeah, we fed on the Nats. Yeah. So that was... Dayton should never cut the Nats down again. <laughs> Leave them up there. I get it. Next time we cut down the Nats, the world ended. Oh, yep. shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also greatly enjoy you guys bringing Taylor Swift into this. We, we, we couldn't not. Dude, it's wild to me, like, how many... You know, you think Taylor Swift, you think, oh, it's all just teenage girls. Yeah. You know, see our typical... It's like, no, like... It's teenage girls, yeah. Music. You're, you're in a safe right? space here, Ghost. If you pulled the general people, they'd be like, oh, yeah, so it's for teenage girls. And I was like, no, it's for men. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's people who appreciate good music. A10 basketball fans. A10 is a huge, like, Taylor Swift fan. Yeah. A10 Twitter is the best. I love it. A10 Twitter is just the craziest thing. <laughs> Who's your favorite A10 Twitter follow? Oh. I love Lil Bonax. Lil Bonax. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I really like Keymaster Nathan. Partly, they're just so cool. He's, you know, a college kid and He's doing so much to hype up all of his team sports or his school teams. Like, I mean, obviously being excited for UMass hockey is really easy. They just want to chip. Right. Uh, UMass women's basketball is fairly good. Um, hyping up UMass men's basketball. You know, you, uh, UMass, you know UMass, UMass, UMass Lowell is pretty good, though. You gotta... UMass Lowell, is, yeah, UMass Lowell is great. That was a great loss for Dayton. Like, losses are good, but like you know that that, that was a that doesn't matter. Resume, young team, yada yada yada. Um, so my third, who else do I really like? Um, I'm not, uh, as a Dayton fan, this might sound controversial. Giving props, I'm gonna tie it with two different uh, VCU fans. I know it sounds controversial. I uh, Bandit Barbecue, and also I I know a lot of fans are like, but I love DC Pat. DC Pat is a really funny guy. <laughs> yeah, partially because like like he, you know, VCU fans kind of have that like uh, stereotype of they don't find jokes about VCU to be funny. Mm-hmm. He, he generally enjoys a lot of them. Like he thinks a lot of the banner jokes we all make are hilarious. <laughs> you know. I, also, I, I throw. Uh, West Pine Bills and uh, Brood for the Drew of St. Louis. I love those guys too. 